yeah, I'm going to sort of talk about, I guess, three things. One's um, the, the concept of the community and also listening and getting some feedback about ideas and also something else, but I can't remember what that slide was. So I'm sure we'll figure it out sooner or later. Um, firstly, in terms of ideas, it's been fantastic to have a chance to network with so many people and get some, get some feedback about some of the things that uh, um, people have been proposing and some great ideas that have been coming through. And um, I just want to continue that a little bit as well. So, um, you know, if we've got the possibility, I think Greg's sort of going to walk around with the microphone. If anyone's got some ideas that they want to bring up, um, I thought we're going to make this as free format as possible and try and get people involved to talk about some of the things that they'd like to see in, in a learning management system, um, etc. So from the sorts of things that we've come up with so far, and I haven't got all of them up on, on the slide yet, um, but certainly for a long time we've been talking about learning design and learning design frameworks. And we're starting from listening to a few people yesterday. We've got some, some really interesting ideas about, about that. Um, another thing that came up yesterday that I, I, I picked up on a lot was, was there's a lot more emphasis on being able to profile students and what we realise. So I think you'll see very quickly some sort of response to that so that inside your courses you'll be able to do some profile analysis of what a student is doing, what type of learning, how they like to learn, um, perhaps other, other issues that they might have and then apply those prof that profile data to your um, navigation sequence so you can actually control what information, how the course actually presents based on the profile that the, that the user selected. So I expect to see that pretty quickly. Um, we've spoken to a few people about our concepts for debating and that's fantastic. We're interested in talking to anybody about that because our ideas for debating are very much a global idea. We're really interested in seeing a way in which we can take this as a small application and bring it to the world. We're not going, we're not going to do it in one state. We're not going to do it in Australia. We're going to, when, we, when we release the product, it's going to be a product that we're going to um, provide as a, as a global product and one that we're going to promote globally as well. Um, someone else, Danuta from um, DCV last night, was talking about podcasting and how we might be able to um, embed podcasting into, into content. And that sounds like a great idea as well. I mean, for a long, long time, we've been trying to think about ways in which um, we could use all those really sexy little devices that, that people seem to be getting for learning. But I, I've always been fairly resistant to that. I've always sort of thought, I really can't see how you're going to get something working on a small screen. And I guess sometimes, sometimes as developers, we... We feel more responsible than what we should be, I guess. We, we feel like we have to provide all of the answers to the content, you know, all of the ways in which you will create content and deliver the content to the students in a meaning, meaningful form. And the reality is that we can't do that. And, um, you know, looking at some of the WellTech stuff, I mean, it, it's a great example of where they're using our product as a canvas, but inside that canvas is a whole range of other things that we have very little to do with. And that's that's a better way for us to be able to be perceived and it's a better way for you to perceive us as well. We can, we can provide, we're, our responsibility is to provide the support to you guys and responsibility was the other thing I was going to talk about. Um, our responsibility is to provide the support to you guys, the, the basic tools, the frameworks and the architectures that are going to provide the services that you need to provide to your students. 
But you have responsibility too. You have responsibility to build content and you have responsibility to understand how our tools can best provide that content. And we're no different to any other manufacturer in, in that terms. You know, Moodle's a great open source product. Blackboard, WebCT, um, all the other products are all capable of doing the job. So, but I think the difference for us is that we'd like to be involved in that process. And that's the way we want to keep working. But it is a two-way street. So you've got to get in and do good content and ask us to make the tools that that con that's going to make that content work. So from that point of view, I think I just wanted to emphasise that point to everybody as far as how we see our roles um, developing and sort the sorts of tools that we'll develop in the future. So podcasting looks like a great idea because it looks like the possibilities are that we'll be able to allow you to create content that you can connect to existing web content. Web content's not going to work on a little iPod that big or a PlayStation or, a, or even a handheld PC. I've, I've just not been comfortable that web content is, has, is great on those, in those sorts of devices. However, the web content and an adjunct to the web content, which is a live recorded, a recorded podcast or a video of something happening or a game that could be embedded onto, the, onto that content, that's then downloaded on a, on a regular basis sounds like a great idea. So it sounds like a way in which we can connect those devices um, without having to rewrite everything, but just be able to extend the content and perhaps even have a little component in a page that allows you to put that sort of content in um, without too much trouble. We also talked about wikis, and a few people mentioned uh, wikis over the, uh, even today. Um, so obviously that's something that everyone, that not everyone, but a lot of people are interested in. I've always been a little bit concerned about wikis and, and I think they, they look great. But the, the, the issue for me has been, for some people, the issue of duty of care. And so that's probably the area we need to look at in terms of wikis because we've always felt that if we're going to build a product, it has to be, it has to be able to meet the needs of all of the client base. Now, there are some clients here who really don't have a duty of care to their learners in terms of, in the same way that a, a school does. And so if we build a wiki, we have to be able to say to the teacher, you have the ability to, to be sure that you can control what's going on in there. Um, otherwise, I think we've got a bit of a problem. So we're going to have a good look at that and see how we're going to do that. Um, and I think that, but I think it's possible that we can do it. And I think it's very similar to a blog, so it's something that you could see happening pretty soon as well. Um, web services, I think, uh, hopefully, I think the discussion sparked a few ideas, even um, what Pauline and Mary were just talking about in terms of skills profiling. Um, there's lots of opportunities for web services to get involved in not just delivering identity management um, synchronisation, but also other things like recording skills profiles, like delivering assessments remotely, range of different tools that um, are possible. So that, and I'm, I'm sort of hoping there might be some more ideas out there this morning that we might be able to pick up on as we move around. Um, and one other thing that I got on my notepad that I haven't got on my slide yet um, was RSS, and I think RSS is something that a number of people have picked up on. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Um, and, a, and a couple of the guys in the development team are sort of saying, oh, I think they want RSS, Wayne. So that's, that's, that's fine, and that's not, a, that's not going to be too difficult. So I think we'll try and look at the delivering some sort of RSS feed based around course membership so that if you get... If an, if an announcement is posted, it ends up in the RSS. If um, a, a message is posted into a forum, you can get it through RSS. Um, if there are changes made to a course, you can get that through RSS. And, of course, I think a blog probably could do with an RSS as well. Um, so they're my ideas. Um, so I'm keen. Is other people got... I'd really love to, to hear some other ideas from people that we might be able to discuss. So... If you've got something that you want to bring up here at the moment, want to talk about in terms of this environment, please, now's the time to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, Margaret. I'll give you the microphone. One of the main reasons I came to this conference, we've only had Janison for two months. I, I found it about six months ago and spent, as Wayne and the rest of Janison will contest, will agree, um, six months convincing my organisation to take Janison. Anyway, I came here to network. I came here to hopefully um, develop, from my perspective, I'm, we're an employer, we're a public transport authority in Western Australia, and I'm hoping to get a specialised networking group from an employer basis, but I would also like to have a Janison users networking group as well where we can just share ideas and things, just like we have for the last couple of days. That's been my biggest aim of coming to this conference. Great. Thanks, Mark. I think, yeah, this, uh, we've got so much feedback about that. And I've actually got another slide after this, which I'm going to sort of spend a bit of time working on community. So I'm thinking we'll, we'll probably talk more specifically about communities in a few minutes um, when we do that. But there's, we definitely, we need to, you know, by the end of this session, we want to have some sort of um, resolution about that and how we're going to go about um, providing that sort of support. And again, where the responsibilities lie, because we don't want to be dictatorial in that sort of approach as well. We want to see that community have its own um, ability to to grow and to um, and to communicate without. But we need to know that we've also, we need to actually commit to making some sort of sort of um, commitment to how we com how we partake in that as well. So, but we'll talk about that in a little bit more more detail, hopefully in a few minutes. Uh, Wayne, um, Ian. one one feature I'd like to see. Uh, one of the problems I have, and, and I did get some sort of script from you a couple of years ago, but quite often in higher level courses such as diploma, uh, students have got to write reports out. Mm. Um, and there's, there's really, you know, probably quite a bit of material they've got to assimilate before they can write a good report. They often um, misinterpret things and go down the wrong track. Uh, what I'd like to see is a, something, a development of the memo pads, so another form such that you could say, OK, here's all the memo pads. You're going to aggregate these things up at the end and on a form you could specify, so at the end of the end of a module or something, they can hit a button and it aggregates various sections of, of the actual report they've got to produce into one document. Um, okay. So... Uh, that Aggregation of memos. Yeah. Okay, well, that sounds good. I'll write that one down. 
I can talk about memos for a few minutes because um, it's it's that probably that you know that one fundal, fundamental component that that a lot of the designers are using in terms of what they put inside web pages, um, and it's been like that for a long time. <laughs> Hasn't changed a lot over the last. Um, it was the first component that I ever wrote in the system back in 1997, and it was. It was actually really interesting, just to give you a sort of perspective about that. Um, the whole concept for us back then was, can we make something that actually changes? You know, you can see all these web pages out there and people can create web pages and that's fine. But we wanted something that we could let people change. And it took us about three months to actually work out how to do it. But now it's simple and, you know, it's not, not a big deal for a in a whole range of different technologies, but back then it was fairly, fairly special. So there are things that we're wanting to do with Memos. One, one thing that um, we have mocked up for, Tim's not here at the moment, but we have done for one group is provide uh, a history of changes in Memos as well so that you can actually um, flick some switches on the Memo and say, well, I want it to be more like a bit of a log that I'm keeping or I want to be able to roll back from one from one version of my memo to another version. So, so memo history is something that is coming and um, should be in the next release. But the the aggregation is also a great idea as well. So, we'll have a look at um, how we might do that. Everything I'm committing that everything I write down here we're going to put on our conference website with a response and with the way in which we are going to provide it. So, so we want to really, you know, we really value the, the interaction that we get from the community. And we really value, I mean, we, we do have to totally acknowledge that a lot of our ideas are your ideas. So, you know, they come from you, they make the product what it is, and that's really important. And um, thank you for doing that. But, so we, but um, we want to make sure that we actually respond to each one of these things as we go forward. So that's good. Just one other thing. I was thinking for um, assessment, because you've got the competency in here now doing yep. tracking, one of the key things is that usually you want to aggregate a whole, whole piece of evidence. Now, some of the evidence might be the memo, some of the evidence might be the uh, yep. some multi-choice questions. You know, there's a whole series of things. Is there going to be a way where you can actually link each of those pieces of evidence to the competency center? Yes, there's. It's. Oh, okay. Um, David's question is a lot about um, how you can connect up a process of identifying what um, what assessments or what activities the user has done and linking those to a, a particular skill or a component of a particular skill or a competency. Um, and so that, so that um, a, a trainer or a facilitator or an administrator can, can go to somewhere and see that that student has provided the appropriate evidence for the skill that um, has been defined. Would that be a fair summary, David? Yep. Um, I'm looking like... Boy, that's not a good one. 
It, the trouble is of the, the there is a we want we do want to do it and we are working on how to do it. But it is very complex to do, not so much from the point of building the tool, but what really worries us is the um, the cost to the designer and to the teacher in terms of that that process. So we're just working our way through that a little bit at the moment. If you if to to get some sort of idea of what I mean. Um, the, the training package competency uh, data structure has got f- four levels of data in it. A number of those levels have multiple dimensions inside them. Um, and, you know, you can imagine if you load up all of your evidence and skill um, system into there, you've got a huge amount of data. So there's just that issue of how do you then marry, what do you then marry that to on the other side and how those connections are processed in a way that an interface is going to make some sense to somebody? I, I guess from my perspective, I would see the, the evidence that the, the facilitator would develop. But for instance, if I'm developing a course against conferences, I'll say that I'm going to run this activity, this activity, and this activity, and these activities then will meet these parts. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm more thinking of, of how it links to um, the more facilitator controls that rather than taking all the evidence requirements from the competencies in and linking them. Because I, to, to a large degree, most of us as trainers, we, we say um, these five activities or six activities are actually going to meet this whole competency. But this activity links to these performance criteria and, and the judgments we make. So, so mm-hmm. we're more thinking of something that where we can make those sort of judgments and, and identify the activities we're using to, to bring back so that we can actually then just easily track where people can. Okay. All right, well, I'll um, see what we can do about how we respond to that. If we're just on that topic, has anyone else been um, can particularly concerned about um, competency, competency tracking and uh, some of those things? Yep. Oh, okay. Oh, we get to Rod, yeah. What we're concerned about more in TAFE Queensland is um, the results, the, assess- the results for assessments. And yeah. at the moment, uh, each assessment, sort of formative or summative uh, yeah. component within the Janison framework um, for each course uh, puts up as a pass or a fail, mm-hmm. which is not really what we sort of... Uh, Follow. It's either competent or not yet competent. Competent. Yeah. Um, so I was I was wondering if if it's been raised uh, this sort of issue has been raised about graded assessments, including these codes within your the result codes within your yeah. uh, uh, yeah. programming codes yeah. to include uh, graded assessments or performance level assessments like pass distinction or pass. Yep. A credit or, uh, or J or an M, which is the result code we follow, because it's really not TAFE uh, protocol to you know, yep. hand out assessment yep. the results like pass or fail. Yeah, thanks. Uh, assessments is a weak, that, that process of managing assessments is, is a bit weak, and we've done a, a fair bit of work in, that, in the LMS 7 code for that. What, we, what we're trying to achieve is a lot of generic capability in terms of how that is going to come together. So we're trying to um, find a way in which 
Each organisation can define the assessment codes that they want to have applied, either at a course level or at a discipline level, and so that they can then make, be referenced throughout that course. We've also done some work on a grade book in seven, so that there will be um, better ways in which the teacher can manage the marking processes um, than, than what we have. We didn't, I mean, putting it back into context, I suppose, we never saw, well, we didn't see originally that being a process that a learning, online learning system was doing. It was more, for us, it was more about delivering content. Uh, and like everything else, uh, people have those requirements. So we're trying to improve that process as well. The other thing, but I'll, I'll make sure that I cover that again in, in, in terms of a conference summary about assessment results and how we're going to how we're going to improve that um, in that process and having those um, um, generic result codes that I just mentioned. Yeah, well, let's. Well, what we're trying to do is develop a little bit further this in terms of how we're going to respond to this and how we can provide everyone with an opportunity to sort of come up with that sort of, um, come up with some feedback on each one of those things as well. I'm just checking my time to make sure I'm going to go over time. Um, yeah, just I'm just going to mention one more thing about assessment before I go on to, to Rod. Um, the other thing that really worries us a little bit about assessment is this whole concept of how you understand, how organisations want to um, implement um, course completion and module completion because um, it's a difficult one because, again, it needs some sort of flexibility. A lot, some organisations don't, don't want to um, worry about that in their online learning. It's not an issue. They do the online course, they finish the online course and someone somewhere else marks that they finished it. But um, for, for some organisations now, it is, it is much more um, something they expect to have happen automatically within the learning management system. So um, the completion of things, completion of modules and courses is also something that we're, that we're very much aware that we, we want to have a much um, better solution to that in the, in the next release. So, and, I, and so I'll, I'll raise that myself as um, something in the thing, but I'd really be interested in people's feedback about that too. But I'll let, let Rod say something first. Thanks uh, for those who don't know me. Rod, Brian King from Ambulance, New South Wales, one of the technical educators there. Taking on board, um, as Margaret recently, only six months ago, uh, Janison as a, a learning management system, content management system for us, one of the things that we're looking to do is possibly include in the future core curriculum in our diploma and advanced diploma that we provide to our employees. One of the things that we think about and we've talked about it is in our group is that how do we validate and authenticate some of the assessments they're going to be putting in, their assignments, sorry, they're going to be putting in for assessment. Mm. Um, is there any way of developing some sort of searchable functions for the uh, teacher facilitator to... Um, compare documents that have been submitted for plagiarism sort of uh, activity and uh, things like that? Yeah, there, there are some tools out there already that, that do some of those processes that have been promoted a little bit um, over the last 12 months. And uh, we haven't um, 
spend any time on that at the moment, but it's something that um, I'd be interested in seeing whether, as a community, whether how many people were interested in in uh, in, in that sort of tool. Because obviously, um, once you get inside a document, you can go looking for significant pieces of text inside the document and then scan the rest of the documents and see whether you can see those similarities and probably produce some sort of report fairly easily. So it's certainly an option that that um, that that we can provide. So we, we'll be keen to see whether, what sort of feedback people might have with regards to being able to compare documents and, and, to, and to look at that. We're also doing a couple of other things in terms of um, uh, assessment validation and assessment authentication. Um, one of the things I think, and I think it's in the, this current release, can Wes tell me, we've got the ability for the teacher to allow, to log the student onto the test. Is that in this 622 Wes? No, it's in seven, is it? Okay. So in, in seven, there's the ability for the teacher to come to actually be, you can set up a test and say, you can't actually do this test until the teacher lets you into the test. So that's one new feature as well. So that if, you, if you're in a classroom environment and you want to lock people out of the test and actually validate that they're um, the actual person doing the test, that's one, one new process that we going to do and I think there's been a few people, I know Steve's mentioned some of some other assessment um, improvements that Michael's got notes on as well for the thing that based around some of the, the trade areas that have some particular requirements in assessment. Another area that I've been looking at is um, using biometrics as a, a way of proving identity um, for assessment. So um, the concept that I'm currently working on is the idea that you have to put your thumbprint on a reader for each question that you submit. So rather than clicking the save button, you're clicking, pushing your thumb on the reader. So in other words, you're actually physically there to be able to answer each of the questions. Um, so that's, that's something else that's on the table. Does anyone, while we're on assessments, has anyone else got something they want to... I thought Steve would have something he'd want to say. I won't get down the path you thought I was going to go down. It's actually... Um, I was prepared someone. for that path, Steve. You, you were prepared, prepared for it. <laughs> That's why I'm going down this path. <laughs> throw a wobbly at you. Uh, someone mentioned validation. Um, particularly, not so much for the student, but for the teacher, and for us as an RTO, um, there are specific requirements for validating our assessments. It would be nice if that was built into the system somewhere, so when we've written questions or we've written an assessment item or there's a practical assessment that we have, um, that that practical assessment's been uh, looked at by more than one teacher and that there's somewhere to record that that is valid for the particular uh, learning that's going on. So when the auditors come through and say, has this assessment been validated, that's all there. We don't have to have a separate system for it. Any ideas on something like that? Sounds like a great idea, Steve. Thank you. Um, working with industry and different sort of groups, what we're sort of finding is that, you know, on-the-job assessment um, is required and maybe having some sort of a function where they can actually download um, an assessment, a test to a PDA, complete that on-the-job and then sync it back in to Janison when they're finished. Sounds good, Katrina, doesn't it? It does. 
give you a lot of work to do. The, um, the answer is coming to that one because the, um, the CD publishing system that I was showing very briefly yesterday, its ability for questions now to be exported as Flash, we, we've got... Uh, we, it's, we've, now, we've actually got a couple of courses out uh, in the marketplace using that. One's been used by um, the New Zealand Navy um, where they've got um, people doing a service writing course and they're around, sitting on ships around the place doing this course on CD and then, getting, then exporting their results back into their HR system at the moment. And we're part of a tender process there for an LMS, which will make life a little bit interesting for us if we win that one. Um, but our strategy is that we will allow you to be able to export a test any... Up net, at the moment, we've supported four, the four basic question types. We want, we've now got about ten questions. We want to try and find a way in which we can get all of them supported inside Flash. So because if once we get that working, you'll be able to export the test to Flash. Once you get it going to Flash, you should be able to get it, get it going to Flash on the PDA. Uh, we haven't tested web services from the PDA back to... Um, to the to a server yet, but I'm sure that'll be doable. So you can look to something like that happening over something like that. Some um, you know, just to give people an idea about how these processes work, I suppose. Um, we're only a small organisation, so we can't necessarily go off and do things because they sound like a great idea. We've actually sort of got to fund them, and and we're not and. Um, I think the open source community is a, you know, a fabulous thing and I think open source LMSs are, are a fabulous thing too. They, they've definitely got a place in, in, um, in the world and um, just as I think organisations like ours who are building, building an LMS and working with organisations have a place. I mean, we have a little bit more responsibility back to people because you know, you're paying us to do a job, we're doing the job we're expecting that we will do it to, to meet you know, your, your criteria. Um, and then when it comes down to things like, like what you've just mentioned there, if we can see that there's a huge need for something like that, we can go out and build it. If we can see that there's some people who need it, we can sort of collaboratively work together on something like that and, and find a way in which perhaps it's partially funded so that we can go off and, and build that technology. So. It's, it's quite likely what might happen is that we might have a, quite a few of the building blocks to be able to do something like that, get, get assessments to flash, have them, ready, have, them, have them possibly being able to head, head towards a PDA. But we might just need a little bit of emphasis or encouragement to turn it into a full capability in terms of being able to deliver to the PDA because there will be a bit of mucking around in that sort of thing. But it's a great idea. Hang on, sorry. Sorry, Julie. Yep. Okay, that sounds great. 
thank you for that. We'll, we can talk about that and discuss that in some in this forum that we build after that. Can you just repeat that, Wayne? Sorry, for, Julie's saying that she's her um, group at Illawarra um, has already done some work on delivering assessment into PDAs, and there's some opportunities for us to talk about how we might be able to get that technology um, embedded or licensed or something. Pauline. Hi, um, I've got a couple of questions, so I'll keep it pretty quick. One of them was just about um, change, small changes probably to a couple of the um, question types, so I'll be interested to hear later on what um, developments you might have with that. With um, RSS, are you planning on building an RSS aggregation as well? I think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the um, support for subgroups, will you be able to do dynamic subgroups? So, you know, you're hosting a session and you want to be able to break people into groups that aren't sort of formal or for the length of the, um, you know, the life of the study group to be able to sort of, you know, develop Work. small clusters. Yeah. That's, that's, that's in our spec to do, be able to do that. Our, our concept of subgroups are two things, I guess. One is... A subgroup is where you're actually breaking up the group to go into specific modules. And then there's something called a workgroup. And a workgroup can be used to break up a group who is studying inside a module to go into different areas. And I think that's what you're talking about there. And with a workgroup, there are a number of different properties that you can assign to a workgroup to say, this is how this workgroup is formed. It might be randomly formed. So people go to that page and, aha, you're in you know, work group A. Or it might be selectively formed or it might be, you know, user choice. So there's a few few different options there. So I think, but what we should do um, is make, do a better job of some of this stuff and make sure that we're actually publishing that information back to you. So I'll mention, I'll put in work groups in here and that will happen. Maybe it will. Just two more quick little things. Yeah. One of them is one-to-one um, -one interactions. Um, with blogs, I was sort of having a bit of a look through. Is there an ability for the student to publish so that only the tutor or tutors can read it, so it's private between the student and the tutor? One-to-one -one privacy? Yes. No, probably not, but certainly possible. I'll tell you what, we've got a, um, a certificate in trauma studies group who have to keep a reflective journal about some pretty horrific and very, very personal details, but it's part of the course, so they need to be able to share that with their tutor, but they don't want to share it with anybody else. Right. Um, and the other question is just about metadata and um, you know, any support for Dublin Core or for metadata search of content. Is there any work being done in that area? There hasn't been a lot of work done in that area at all. So, but if that's something that people metadata searching is what you're sort of talking about there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hi Wayne. Now this is happening. <laughs> Hi Wayne. Where are we? Uh, Rick. Look, just a quick one. While we're talking about uh, users and groups and those sorts of things earlier, one of the things that we find is that students when they come to the site, the, the, the presence tool will tell them who's in the group that they were last logged into, which is wonderful. But if that was a small group or a, a subgroup or uh, a group that just isn't particularly popular for some reason, it doesn't tell them about the 30 or 40 other students that they have in their other subjects that are also online. 
I'm just wondering whether the, the in seven or coming up later, the capacity to actually show students their community that's online while we're talking about building communities of learners that go beyond just the current class. Okay. Um, just recently we changed the presence tool to actually stop showing you too many of those little bods on the bottom of the line because when we had more than 20 or so it got really quite nasty in terms of the amount of performance hit that was having on the server. So we've changed it so that there's a single icon there now. It says there's a lot of people online. If you click on that, you can see who's online. So are you happy to see that happen inside the actual presence interface where you just go on and say, okay, now I'm going to go and have a look at my other groups that I'm a member of? Are you happy for that? Well, we could do that, yep. yep. Well, we could do a summary page in there, yep. We could, have a, we could have a tool where you could do a summary and say, show me all my groups and who's online. And, yep, easy, good one. How are you doing for time, Wayne? Well, I need to talk, it's 12.30, I need to talk a little bit about what we're actually going to do as a process of this. So if we can have, say, maybe one or two more questions. Um, I just wanted to go back to the assessment question, and my students have to develop fluency in what they do. So I was wondering if it was possible to put some kind of a clock feature so that if, when the students are doing assessments, you could uh, record how long they take to do the assessments. Sort of a, a actually, start and a yeah, feature. It is possible to do that now. So and there are ways in which you can do that. And also maybe give them a chance to only do it once if it's a yeah. final, final task. That would be really handy. To so have. what was that last one? To perhaps only allow them to do it once, once. within a fixed time that's, as a that final a, assessment. Yeah, that's, that's now in um, 622, that, that ability. Yeah, yeah, those that, would be really good. The so other that's there. So, um, yeah, there's also got to, with questions you've got to sort of start to think about, there has to be a limitation to what you generically can provide inside a question. So, you know, another thing is to start to think about use, building flash objects as questions and using those instead. I know it's a, another level of, you know, um, complexity, but it's also pretty a, a, a way in which you can start to get some of those sorts of capabilities going as well. The, the other one is related to the Janison user group. I'm not sure exactly what format it's going to take, but would it be possible to get a sort of a, a preview version of courses that have been developed on Janison by others? For instance, I know that WebCT often hands out saying all those courses that have been yep. using it. Because it would be really handy so that we could talk to mm. like-minded um, mm. fellow Janison Yeah, I think that, that, that's um, something we can talk about in terms of the community, yeah. 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 No, we'll, we'll do that too, yeah. Hi, John. I think um, this could be the last one so we can... I think this is a doable. Um, a, an appointment schedule for s students to be able to book appointments with um, teachers. Okay. Teachers can put up a calendar and book against it. That's um, certainly doable. Well, we've got everyone in the room. How many people would like to see integration with... Um, Exchange. Is anyone wishing for integration with Exchange? <laughs> and so, 
And what would that integration look like? Anyone want to describe what that... James is going to describe to me what that integration looks like. What are we going to do with that? Any ideas? I'm not one. That's quite loud. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, people were talking at different tables about shared calendars and being able to see what people can do. If you have an exchange system there, you've got some of that. So yeah. Potentially tie into that. Also, some of the group membership and the actual instant messaging that you have now is good. They've got tie into some of the actual built-in mailing features. That would also be useful as well. Task list, keep track of assignments, perhaps. Just some thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure okay. what other people are wanting out of it. I've always sort of, I've never been quite sure what we can do, so I'm just interested in anyone's ideas. Does anyone else want to say anything about exchange integration? Yeah, well, it's Outlook, but it's, I mean, we do mail, but it's exchange integration would be how we would do Things like, you know, if you created an announcement, would that turn up in a, in a task list or in, the, in, in, a, in your personal calendar? If you're running a course, I would extra to find it or back to your kids in their calendar so they know where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew. It won't. Um, back to the exchange uh, idea. I've, I've opened up exchange as a, as a, a window out of web access. Web access, window, yeah. Um, within, within, within Janison, but I get double authentication. It would be really nice to have just one authentication. That's, that's easily doable. That, that's fixable now, yeah. Does anyone use something other than Exchange that they'd really like to be integrated with? We don't want to know about you then. <laughs> so what are you using, Pauline? You're using GroupWise. Okay. Well, that's nearly dead anyways. <laughs> okay, well, um, thank you for all of that. Um, what we're going to try and... I mean, it's been fabulous having everyone along today, and I know we've got a little bit of a wrap-up to go this afternoon. We'll, we're going to try and respond from this conference in a way in which we make sure everyone remains connected. The conference site will develop and change into becoming a community um, where you can be provided with this information, where all of these things that I've written down will have a response and a place, and an area where you can provide feedback, and an area where you can provide, um, also provide um, ideas and get access to some of, those, some of that material. Also, inside that area, we want to put, provide a beta area. I'm not able to show it to you this, this week because it's just something that didn't quite get done before the conference, unfortunately. Um, but the beta programs that we'll, we'll be providing there are uh, access to LMS 7, being able to preview and have a look at that and then download it once we feel that it's comfortable that you can download it and it, it's not going to crash your server or do anything like that. Um, we've got a number of ideas for improvements to blogs and Vibe that we'll be working on in the next, next half of the first half of next year. We also have something called an office publishing system, which um, we expect to release early next year as well. And the office publishing system is a pretty simple little extension, but basically at the moment you can load Word documents up and PowerPoint documents up and then um, 
tell the server to convert them into, work, into HTML, and a lot of people use that. Um, what we've done is we've been able to take that and move it away from the web server. If you know, if, so in other words, we can, you can install the Office publishing system on another computer somewhere else on your network and, and not have to worry about um, that conversion processing process taking off on the web server because the old web server doesn't like that very much. Rick's just praying for that one to be released, I know. Um, and just one, a couple of things that we're really keen... I, I, I'm really looking forward to the second version of Vibe because the big thing I'm pushing Craig up the back there to do is um, collaborative documents. That's, I reckon that's been one of the holy grails of online learning, the ability to be able to have one document, multiple people working and seeing the changes happening on, in a web space. So, No, it's actually happening live, Stefan. You're actually watching the document, each person changing the document. So you're writing together and you could have audio and video working on that document at the same time. So look for that one next year. Um, so we'll write to you with more details about how to get access to that community. It will be part of our existing website and connection will be part of the, the but via the conference site and via your email addresses and all the information that we've gathered this, this, these two days. We'll be writing to you about that and making sure that it is something that um, gives you those opportunities to, get, to provide more discussion. And it's our, it's our responsibility to, to build you that, but it's also going to be your responsibility to be, to be mem active members of that. Um, we will try and make sure that we've got one person from our team involved in each of these areas, but we'd really be great if we could actually get someone externally to be the moderator or the facilitator of each of those areas that isn't a Janison person. So that's something we'll be talking about and planning and discussing with you in, in, the, in the future weeks. So thanks again and enjoy the rest of the conference.